Cloud and Clear, the podcast by SADA for innovative business leaders and technology enthusiasts, where we explore how Google Cloud is transforming the industry and what that means to you. Now, here's your host, Tony Safoyan. Hey, welcome to Cloud and Clear, my very, very special guest. A uh, gentleman we met almost two years ago now. I can't believe it. Time flies. Uh, please welcome oh, no. Jim Anderson the Managing Director of Google Cloud for the South Region. How you doing? Good to yeah. see you, Tony. Good to see you. South Central, technically. South yeah, Central South Region. South Central, yes, yes. Uh, good to see you as well. I can't believe it's already been two years. Man, time does fly, right? I'm again, I remember the beginning, right? And uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's one year, 10 months for me. <laughs> yeah. At Google's, yeah. it's going fast, definitely. I, I, you know, back in the days when we could get together in person, I remember meeting you in Austin at that, you know, it was like a quarterly kickoff with partners. Yep, yep, yep. You actually were one of the first partners I met here at Google coming in from, uh, you know, Hewlett Packard and they were like, hey, the company thought a great partner, this and that. And and little did I know how great a partner you guys were. Oh, oh man, thank you. So far, you, know? you know, I'm not shy as soon as I landed. I'm like, oh, there's a new sheriff in town. I got to go meet him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hey, let's just show up at the QBR and this figure yeah. out what's going on. So, Full uh, force. I think we yeah. showed up with like 12 people or something. And exactly, I was like, exactly. hey, meet Billy. He's based here. <laughs> building out a team. I think our, our our Austin team. And now, of course, we have folks kind of all over uh, South Central, several yeah, places in Texas. But I remember Billy was just getting stood up on uh, our investment there. We're, we're just starting. And I think the timing of you starting and coming on board and then our investments uh we just did our sort of look back i think last week and uh the the regions made a lot of progress under your leadership so kudos to you well, thank you thank you yeah we've made a lot of progress you know still have a, a bit to go there but you know we're excited about the journey right and uh, that's right as i told you back then sort of coming from an environment that was very sort of partner friendly you know at cisco and at a Packet and Enterprise, we know that partners are the key to our success. So it was good to meet you back then. It's good to, to keep building on what we started, you know, almost two years ago. Yeah, let's talk about that journey and that background, because I think it's so interesting. I think a lot of the listeners, you know, different stage in their career, they look at what you're doing and some of the other leaders at Google are doing They're First of all, they're wondering, how did you get there? You know, I always, I always love that personal story. And right. we were talking earlier, I mean, you started at Accenture yeah. on the consulting side. So I feel like you've lived my life, you know, right. from a partner standpoint. And then you lived in you know, Bay Area, Atlanta, New York, Texas, of course. Take us back, let's do a little, you know, down the memory <laughs> memory lane a little bit, if you don't mind. Memory lane, memory lane. You know, it's a long journey. You know, it's almost uh, 30 years with uh, Silicon Valley companies in the high tech industry. And as you mentioned, I started uh, coming out of college as a computer science major. I went to Accenture, uh, worked in what they had back then was a advanced system group. It's kind of ironic, um, worked with things like artificial intelligence way back then, right? The early wow. stages when we had dedicated machines, list machines and those types of things. Uh, and one thing I realized working with Accenture is that uh, we were doing a lot of the work, but the partners made all the money. <laughs> the reason they made the money is because they can engage with customers. So I always thought I might have my own business. So I decided, hey, I need to get into this sales thing. Uh, met someone at uh, Hewlett Packard that had known uh, my dad and uh, went over an interview and that started my uh, sales career at 25, 
right? Hey, and going from engineering to sales, Jim, yeah. that's, not, that's not an easy transition. No, not at all, not at all. But they, they classify me as an extrovert geek, right? So that <laughs> allowed me to, to help make the transition. And uh, I really like it. I mean, throughout my career, I've done sales. I've done professional services. As you know, uh, I've run every region sort of in North America, from running the East to running Central now, running the West along with uh, global jobs. And so I've had a great experience uh, through my uh, sales career. You know, started simply as, you know, a sales rep, moved up into to management. Matter of fact, my first management role was in professional services type of thing, oh, wow. right? Okay. Uh, did that, uh, eventually moved to New York, uh, ran another professional services group running our Wall Street district. And then had the opportunity actually to, to come out uh, west, right? To uh, the San Jose uh, area and uh, work with Hewlett Packard uh, running so all over at that time, all of our specialty sales forces, right? And so I lived in Santa Clara for a number of years, did that, and uh, you know had the chance during the uh, I don't know if you remember when Compact and yeah. uh, you know, yeah. the merger came together, the merger, yeah. and then yeah. Dell was looking to expand their enterprise. Uh, decided to uh, you know after 15 years of HP try something different. Uh, went to Dell and helped them uh, with their enterprise business. So that's what got me to Austin, Texas. And I sort of stayed here ever since because uh, most of my jobs since then have been global, require a lot of travel. I think the family simply said, hey, you wake up, head to the airport. So what difference does it make where you live right now? We're staying here. You can go wherever you want. Yeah. yeah and, I, uh, and I've done that type of thing. So it's been a really uh, good experience. But it sort of got me to, you know, where I am now, right, at uh, Google Cloud because I've seen a lot of the transitions with regards to technologies, you know, starting way back for the client server days, going from PCs to, uh, you know, Unix, I guess, mm -hmm. actually, what is it, uh, digital, remember digital equipment, right? digital, VMS to, to Unix, right? And, you know, hey, Unix will never make it, then Unix became big, right? And then watching, you know, on the workstation side, going from Unix workstations with high-end graphics cards down to PC workstations when Intel was ramping, uh, then a company called Sun came out and so it took everyone's lunch uh, type of thing. Saw that transition to you know, where we are now, right? With regards to people wanting a more agile environment, moving to the cloud, taking advantage of distributed you know, infrastructures on a global basis uh, so that they can focus on things where they can add value. So I've just seen all those transitions and it's always, uh, I'm always excited about technology, not for where it is today, but where it's going and those yeah. types of things. So it's been a good journey for me so far. It's important that you've seen more than one paradigm shift. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, especially in times like this, I was uh, sharing with my team some quotes from uh, 2008 when they were talking about the financial crisis and what that right. means and how the new normal is coming out. You can apply almost those same words to today, right? There right. is going to be a new normal moving forward. Uh, companies have to accelerate their digital transformation. And obviously with this unfortunate situation, there are other things we have to worry about with regards to engagement in a safe way, contact lists like never before, but all that yeah. leads to how technology can make a difference in people's lives. Yeah, no, the, the mission is one that I feel, you know, a lot of responsibility for to carry out with Google Cloud, no better partner than Google Cloud to do it with for a whole slew of reasons. Yep. Some of it cultural, others like the best technology, but the other part I've seen over doing this with Google for a long time is that nobody buys Google Cloud and doesn't transform as an organization. Right. right, right. Back in the days, you had you know you had customers who bought Cisco, who bought HP, or who bought Dell, or who bought Microsoft software, or whatever it was. 
But it wasn't so much of a transformation as like an incremental upgrade, you know, like the new version of something else. And a few times it might have completely changed the paradigm, but not like the way we're seeing it today. Yeah, and I'm not like the way we're seeing today. And it's it's interesting because you think about the Google mission of turning data into insights, right? And that's becoming more and more important every year, right? Because one thing everyone acknowledges, we now have more data, we have more people and users, right? And we have more uncertainty, right? So the ability to turn data into insights is sort of becoming critical as you have to now do that real time to uh, make the adjustments to adapt in today's uncertain world. So uh, you're absolutely right. It's, it's very interesting when you get into the cloud, when you get into these types of technologies, it is about transformation and a little bit of rethinking how you go to market and how you make a difference with your customers and become more valuable to them. Your patch, you have 10 states. It's called yeah. South Central, but it kind of goes all the way up and down. Um, and, you know, we talked about this. I mean, Google's home court, Silicon Valley, you know, the West, different customer base than New York, different than Canada. You have South Central, which is very heavy on the traditional enterprise. I mean, Texas yeah. has like more Fortune 500 headquarters than I think any, any state, but but a lot of those up and down your patch, traditional enterprises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that makes a difference, right? Um, unlike a, a digital native company that you know might have started not having a data center, right? We're dealing with companies that have a 50-year legacy, right? And the number one thing for them is they might want to go down that journey. But what you have to do, what we have to do at Google Cloud is remove some of the fears they have with regards to going down that journey to help them so they'll take the first step, right? Because as long as that fear is out there, no matter what we do, they'll hold back from taking that first step. Now, once they start down the path, hey, you know, it's all right and those types of things. And that's why I tell a lot of people that going to the cloud is a journey, it's not a transaction. And that's really the difference we try to make here at Google, right? It's a trans it's a journey. We want to help you in that journey and help you with that transformation. Type of thing because we know that uh hey if we made this a transaction that uh, a lot of times uh, you wouldn't take that first step yeah no look transactions are it sounds like what it is which is like you're going to sell something and leave right and that might have worked in the on-premise world or, or whatever the package software world but you know nobody wins if we sell something and then it doesn't get consumed or delivered or deployed or there's no user adoption right so i think it's a different motion but you know customers still to your point they've been around for 50 years 100 years they've been doing technology a certain way for 50 years so how do you particularly in your patch lowers lowers the sort of perceived risk in taking that first step with google which is always the hardest that first step <laughs> is always the hardest right well i think there's a couple things you know first of all i look at google as an amazing innovation engine right and really our challenge is how we match all the innovation we have at google to help our customers drive, derive different business outcomes, right? So you first have to focus in, hey, what is the business outcome? What are you trying to accomplish? How are you trying to transform, right? So that you can be more successful down the road. Then what you do is have to understand that they're coming from a legacy environment and look at what it takes to get them from A to B to C and how do we remove those obstacles? Unfortunately, we have a number of engineers. Uh, I, you know, one of the, the best quotes and I got from one of my customers say, hey, Jim, the reason we're with you is because you made us seem like we were your only customer. 
And I think that's a little bit of what we have to do, right? You have to go work with your customers. Sometimes we talk about swarm the customer to help move the obstacles. Uh, a big aspect of this is knowledge transition, right? So um, we work with customers because we don't want to be the body shop, right? We want them to right. have the knowledge. Right. So we have a lot of training and certifications and things that we encourage as we work with our customers so that they become the thought leaders with regards to some of the things we're doing. And then once again, we sort of hold their hand down that journey until they're ready to go and they, they see, hey, you know what? It's not as bad as I thought and then go from there. I'm glad you said that because that's not as a partner that we have a different business model too than the traditional GSIs, which is like, we actually don't want to take over what you do. We yeah. win when we enable you to be self-sufficient over time. And I'm exactly. Google obviously thinks the same way with its PSO services. We don't, you know, it's not a permanent placement of Google engineers and customers. It's sort of for a, some short period of time. And, and that's important for customers to scale with this technology yes. over time, right? And so, yeah. hey, if we're relying on us, you know, that's not going to be a long-term answer. That's going to be a short-term answer. So like I said, it's always and all the big deals that uh, I've participated in, we've always had this aspect of how do we do knowledge transfer so that you have sustainability with regards to this journey. What's interesting is so many of your customers and customers globally are running on infrastructure and technology that's so old. <laughs> exactly. And I think up until the last year or two, like I wasn't really that confident that, you know, you can run some Oracle workloads in the cloud or that you could run mainframes in the cloud, but then, or IBM, right? AS400s yeah. and mainframes. But then I'm seeing on the, talk about getting help from the, from the engineers at Google. You're seeing like these product offerings and methodologies being put into market one after the other. You're like, mainframes? Right. Are you serious? Google's, right. Google's going to go get the mainframes? That, that just blows my mind. I don't know about you, but you better, we yeah, it will never go away. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, one of my first big customers was IRS, and they had mainframes way back then. And, I, and I'm betting they're still there. They're still <laughs> there. Right? Yeah. So, you yeah. know, they've been around for a while. But, you know, as we move to a world where mobility is increasingly important, right? Um, the agility that you need, microservices, people realize for us to get to that next gen user, right? I have to start moving these things off from mainframe because you're kind of hitting the limitations and they're coming to com you know, companies like Google to try to make that happen because they see where they have to go type of thing, right? Yeah. And with 5G coming out, we'll talk about, hey, you'll probably at some point have more data out on the edge than necessarily at the central right now. How will you take advantage of that, right? Yeah. Um, you can't do that necessarily with the mainframe architectures that a lot of people are stuck with today. Somebody made, made this sort of analogy for me it was like, well, you know, you use like a banking app on your phone and it's it's gotten pretty good. Like yeah. the banking app's pretty good, but like those are just like web hooks into layers of middleware. And then at the core is still this mainframe, you yeah. know, that's very limited. It's slow. It can't do the type of data processing or data. Uh, it, it cannot help the bank become a better bank after a certain amount of time. Like you got to right. get that into a big query or a span, or you got to get into something else. Otherwise, you just hit a natural limit with how much lipstick you can put on it, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's not going to get that much better. They've taken the mobile front end, I think, is the user experience part as far as it can go with 50-year-old exactly. Exactly. architecture right. behind it. Yeah. Yep. And uh, 
And by the way, the maintenance on that stuff is expensive. <laughs> right? Oh, right. So, hey, yeah. Cobalt programmers right now are doing really well. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> right? hey, that's what I when I first started at Accenture, it was Anderson Consulting back then, it was co Cobalt programming, right? So, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, you, you got to make that transition. And, you know, it's really one of the hottest, uh, I think, offerings or services we have right now, helping customers in their transitions from a data center, you know, to um, a more distributed environment and those types of things, right? So uh, yeah. it, it's an emerging area. Companies realize they have to do it. And what you're seeing now is with, you know, the whole virus and the whole acceleration of e-commerce and those types of things, uh, people are accelerating, taking a look at it. And by the way, you know, there's very little value add you get for paying for that. So, you know, I'd rather shed that cost and invest in something where I can differentiate myself. Totally. Look, the, the technology, again, is blowing my mind with Anthos. And again, telling your customers, our joint customers, hey, you can you can move at your pace. Yep. But let's get you set up in a hybrid environment, containerized, so it's safe and you can take your time because we can't rush some of these customers. But I do also believe that you know, we're not only facing an economic downturn, but a complete change in consumer behavior due to a human health crisis. Yep. Like, and I think that's helping us. I don't know what you see on the ground. What I see is customers being more, not more willing, but almost like it's an existential moment for them like our traditional customers if they don't transform the way that their customers interact or transact or get served by them it's not going to be a good outcome yeah i think uh it's driving things like personalization and you've heard about it for a long time years but now you have to right because what's going to stop jim anderson from using my lowe's app versus my home depot app and being loyal to each one going to be personalization, right? Mm -hmm. And so now you have the- I like uh, how you named two, they're both Google Cloud customers. I like that. But you know, it's, uh, you know, you think about it and you say, I got it. Now I have this real time customer data that I need to interact with so I can build my customer loyalty. And that's what a lot of customers are now realizing, right? And saying, okay, how do we do this, right? Back to data insights, now it's data insights real time, right? So that I can personalize my customer experience out there. And, and that's really what a lot of people are focused in on. So you're exactly right. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the Silicon Valley companies who were born native, you know, digital native have done the, you know, personalized experience plus delivery to your house in a way yeah. that's real time. Like, I, I don't know when the next time I'm just going to walk into a Home Depot or a Lowe's is. So they better figure out that e-commerce experience to the same level as the DoorDash is exactly. or the Amazons, right? Like exactly. Exactly. Actually, it was so funny. I think on CBC they were talking about, and, and the reference might be wrong there, but hey, is Walmart going to be the next big tech company, right? Because all these companies have to figure this out and interact How in this way. And it's all based on leveraging AI. Yeah. No, the, some of this, cons even when things open up again, which we don't know when. Yeah. Uh, what, what's really interesting, and I've experienced this in my household or, or in my personal life, I don't know if you have, but the concept of like getting piano lessons for my kids remote on video or seeing the doctor right. like this, those used to be like, way down like it was possible but you never right. thought like you would ever do it or that would be just as good yeah and then my wife had to go to the supermarket 
like I was like, honey, this Instacart is these things, you know, like she's like, no, no, I have to go like, you know, smell the berries and right, right. all that stuff. <laughs> and that she's ordered, you know, online now. And she's like, oh, man, this is great. I don't yeah. know if I'm going to go back. So this consumer behavior is changing forever, oh, regardless definitely. of when yeah. we go back or don't go back. Yeah, it's definitely changing. Right. I mean, I just yeah. think about myself, like you said, my family. I mean, I ordering curbside i was like what what is that curbside, right yeah. curbside, i'll go in and get it right and uh yeah. the other day i ordered my curbside lunch and i'm like hey so i'm like i'm like hey i'm getting into this curbside yeah. <laughs> bring it out to the car i'm good to go and so, so convenient so I, i'm not going back in some of these places yeah. and those types yeah. of things so i just yeah. think you know obviously you know it's an unfortunate situation but it's accelerated change and some of the things are not going back and once again there's a lot of uncertainty about this, right? Lots, and so that's why you need these more agile environments. That's why you need to you know, take a look at uh, your data in real time so you can stay abreast of whatever the consumers, because history, more so than anything, is not going to predict where we're going in the future. That's right. Agility is key. Yeah. Very difficult times. I feel very fortunate. I'm sure you feel very fortunate in that we're employed, our families are fine, we're healthy and all of that. But, but at the same time, like, what can we control and how we can help? And what I really appreciate about the Google Cloud, not only the tech stack and capabilities, but the culture is just yep. leading with, hey, we're, we feel duty bound that we can help right now. And there's a bunch of things on the nonprofit side and education side, but like the long-term solutions, we have to help, especially a lot of your traditional enterprise customers transform themselves. Because that's where there's millions of jobs. That's where there's all this economic productivity and GDP contribution. like. Google Cloud with its partners is in a position to move those companies forward. And I feel very fortunate to be in the position to be able to help. Yeah, I agree. I feel the same way. You know, somewhat lucky, right, to be in that position. I always talk about making a difference, right? We have a chance more so than, I guess, many years to, to make a big difference with our customers. And in many ways, I feel like they're looking for us to help them make that difference, right? That's I talk right. You know, a lot about, you just said Texas, a big state. I heard a statistic that there were 1,700 manufacturers in Texas. Wow. You think about the aspect of safety, visual inspection, uh, thermal testing of uh, temperature as you enter. I mean, mm -hmm. these are technologies that we have that Basis. we can bring to help make their environment more safe. And we got to go work with them and educate them you know, on how to leverage that and those types of things. So it's all about making a difference with the customer. It goes back to what I talked about. One of the reasons I came to Google is matching that innovation with some real tough business challenges out there so that we can make a difference in the environment. And that's what we have opportunity to do right now. Look, in a lot of ways, Google has had superior technology for a long time. I think what's yeah. different now is having people with your background in the enterprise, taking these roles, you know, managing director roles where you're able to, with a lot of, of course, hiring and tooling, uh, serve customers in a very different way than Google's been able to before. To your point, showing up, you know, in the field, swarming them, supporting them, being easier to transact with, feeling safer about getting started with on a technology side. I think that's been the key since Thomas Kurian's gotten here, you know, this kind of hiring. And that's the trend, what we do. I mean, if you think about sort of the key premises out there, you know, first I start with multi-cloud, right? And that, uh, like you said, I've been in the industry a long time, right? You know, you learn to stay away from proprietary, you know, applications, proprietary sure. strategies and those types of things. Mm -hmm. So I always talk to my customers of whether you have a cloud strategy 
or a vendor strategy, right? Because I prefer you have a cloud strategy. And that's what someone like Google can help you. So multi-cloud and, and we're sort of backing it up with our actions. Like you said, Anthem, mm -hmm. right? On-prem, Google Cloud, or someone else's. Likewise, even on the data visualization, we have Looker, right? Where once again, mm -hmm. we can take data, analyze it across different clouds and give you visualization. And we just announced, you know, this week with Next, actually it was uh, last week with Next, you know, BigQuery Omni. Omni, again, you amazing. Know, that same concept of data silos across different, you know, clouds, yeah. on, on raw frame and using using BigQuery, yes. regardless of where the data source lives, that's exactly. crazy. It's yes. only, only Google could pull that off. I mean, just technologically and strategically, only Google could pull that off. I right. don't think people that, realize that's our commitment, right? To a multi-cloud yeah. environment, something very, you know, unique to sort of, you know, what we do out there, right? And second, yeah. you know, what really helps me now, right, with all these traditional enterprise customers is our focus in on various solution areas, right? So what we're mm -hmm. doing around CCAI, right? What we're doing with Horizon around telemedicine and health areas and healthcare, right? What we're doing around solutions around visual inspection, right? So mm -hmm. we're actually taking our technology and packaging it, which I always found is very important, so we can offer a solution so that yep. people can get up and going, you know, really easy. It's not that we sell AI, is that we sell solutions based on it that you can take advantage of right now. And I think that's Quickly. another aspect of yeah. our focus and what's driving our success, at least here in the uh, South Central region with the enterprise yeah. customers. How quickly can you get the value? I think that packaging is, you know, paramount. Yes, today's environment, right? People want to return, you know, the time to return is very important out there mm -hmm. and making it easy. But it's, you know, it's a theme of how we can democratize technology so it's not just in the hands of just the engineers, but that right. you know the whole company analysts can take advantage of it to really make a difference. That's, That's right. Now get it get it to the hands of the information workers and people right. that aren't engineers who can yeah drive insights and drive their business and make better decisions. That's that's so key. Um, look, the other potential silver lining in in, in this pandemic was um, a, a higher degree of awareness. Obviously, following some pretty significant tragedies of George Floyd and others. Um, and it's really brought the conversation up that I really kind of want to get into next, because obviously you have a unique perspective. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think what's, again, I always, I'm a silver lining guy. I'm just always right. going to kind of look there if I can and see how I can help move a conversation forward. That's mm -hmm. maybe hasn't been out in the forefront before. So, so I think what's, What's what's nice is that we we get to have a podcast like this, and you and I get to talk about something like this, okay. you know, on a tech podcast, right? Um, so, I mean, you've been in the game for a long time. One of the few <laughs> black, you know, enterprise executives in enterprise software right. um, sales, which has been a very white male dominated field for probably as long as you've been doing it. So tell me about that, like that experience, where you are today, wh what you're thinking about these days as you like are also probably in the same camp as I is like, how do we help? How do we contribute? How do we drive the conversation forward? Love to hear your perspective on these things. Yeah, I think, you know, look, the first thing, um, you know, from my perspective on this is you got to sort of acknowledge where we are. Right. Uh, and begin to have a conversation, not be afraid for the conversation. Right. Like I you agree. said, I've been in the industry, Silicon Valley, high tech. You know, a long time. I'm part of a population that represents two percent of the population yeah. uh, in yeah. there, and so 
you know, people like myself have to sort of lead by example, right? And when you get a chance, have the conversation and try to make sure people understand all the different perspectives out there, right? Diversity right. is not just about race, it's about many other things, but more importantly, I think diversity is about all of us challenging our biases and realizing we all have, you know, maybe some unconscious biases out there. And are yeah. we willing to surface them and challenge them so that we can take them head on type of thing, right? And so my job is go out there, lead by example, uh, educate people maybe in the Silicon Valley area about the unconscious bias that they they have out there and also talk about some policies that might have unintended consequences yeah. with regard to diversity and various corporations, those types of things. Because a lot of times some of these biases and some of the challenges we have are the result of policies that just adversely affect, once again, maybe unintended, but adversely affect creating maybe some of the environments that we like to create. Our own. But overall, um, I tell people, um, you know, I am on the Olympic Committee, one of the governing boards. And, you know, one of the things we learn, you know, in the governing board is you got to widen your net. Yes. Right? That yes. Our chance on the Olympics to get to the podium is definitely correlated with how wide a net so that we get the best talent possible. Right. So That's to me, right. diversity is all about widening a net so I can get the best talent possible. So that I can have a competitive advantage, right? If you look at that, 100%. Right, you got to realize that, hey, you know, anytime you shrink that net, you're lessening your chance of being competitive, right? Especially on a global basis right now. So I tell a lot of people, hey, what's diversity? No, it's about getting the best talent and making sure you have a wide enough net to get that talent. And more important today, that you're able to get that talent and retain it moving forward, right? Because right? yeah. you know, a lot of people talk about, hey, I got the talent in, but then it's leaving as fast as it comes in. So you got to have the, the policies that actually retain the talent and go from there. But it's all about talent and, and making sure that you can get the best. And if people look at it that way, I think they'll be successful. I'm a big fan of this gentleman, Franz Johansson. Actually yeah. met him at a Google event in Atlanta where mm -hmm. he spoke at a cloud summit. And he's been on this train for 15, 16 years, way before it became, you know, trendy yeah. or whatever. But you, you, the point you're making, exactly what the point he makes is that, look, it's, you can set policies and, you know, uh, try to like just match what the market, you know, environment is or what your customers expect. And that's why you want to be diverse. But at the end of the day, you want to be diverse because it creates, the, you know, an environment which is the is the most creative, the most innovative, the most thoughtful, the most holistic, the most advantageous. And I think um and I think I mean that's lots of evidence to support that. And I yeah. I adamantly be believe that. And then so I guess the question for for us, you know, my company and, and you and your in your role in Google Cloud more broadly is how you source talent from a wide enough set of resources. And also how do you support talent entering the market you know, uh, from places that, you know, you might not get that before. Yeah, exactly. Give the opportunity, right? I mean, uh, like I said, you want to get that pipeline of talent out there, right? Make your net as wide as possible, right? And in some cases, you might have to create pools of talent, right? Correct. Correct. Sustain where you want to go. Companies know that type of thing. There's a mm -hmm. lot of investments in creating talent out there so that you can uh, grow your business. But none of these businesses, none of our businesses grow if we don't get the talent. I tell people, you know, just being a sports all my life, I can be the greatest coach, you know, and have the greatest strategy, but if you don't have the talent to execute, what good does it do, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I go back to, hey, 
I got to look everywhere. And by the way, it takes diverse talent to bring in diverse talent, right? You want to create this environment that's of this pipeline for you, right? So I got to have diversity around so I can attract more diversity to go from there. Yeah. And if you do those things, you know, I, I think ultimately it will pay off. And a lot of data, you know, shows that it's the case down the road. Yeah. No, I, you know, I look at it as, you know, we're obviously tons smaller than Google, but we play a role because, yeah. you know, we represent part of the brand, you know, out there in the field with customers. And so it's it's been a, a journey for the last two or three years and really, I have to give a lot of credit to Carolee Gerhardt and, and the overall channel organization at Google, uh, Amy uh, Castellano, et cetera, Catalano. And, uh, you know, just just making the partner ecosystem aware. You yeah. know, it's like we're all together as partners and it's like a bunch of a uh, bunch of men, you know, yeah. like like that was a starting point for me is like, oh, my God. Yeah, we are disenfranchising half the human population. <laughs> Exactly. A, a welcoming place for women to work in technology, right? right? But um, and that was the first thing two, three years ago that started to come together, and we made great strides there. But we're doing a lot more, uh, for, you know, with and for the black community. Like we're American, we're in LA. We have an extremely diverse um, pool of talent here, but also everywhere else in U.S. and Canada, we work. And how do we, how do we create? Um, you know, the most competitively interesting, creative environment to work. Right. And I think part of that starts with an intention to do that. Yeah, sure. And I That's think it was, you know, someone mentioned, you know, watching TV show that, hey, you know what? We're probably all 80% alike and 20% different, right? Matter of fact, it was mentioned, you know, in one of my uh, panel discussions, and they said the key here is appreciating the 20% difference versus trying to make that a negative thing. Right. And if oh, you yeah. look at it that way, right, we all get along once we know each other. We used right. to say, like, are you culture match? Are you culture match? And we're now we're like, are you culture add? Do you add, do you have the core of you that is in sync with what the core of Sada is? Yeah. And then are you bringing in something new? Exactly. You know, because that, that's what you want to see, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's how you have to look at it. So, so yeah, definitely interesting times. You know, it's time. I think for everyone to make a difference, right? Uh, so listen, you know, I, I see where we are. I see where we need to go. How can I personally, you know, make a difference? And if we all just do our part to make a small difference ourselves in the aggregate, you know, we'll get to the world that you know, many of us aspire to be. That's right. Hey, uh, I'm happy not only to see that world, but to feel like years from now that, you know, that you and I and so many others uh played a key role in making that happen exactly and with that and with this global pandemic it just feels like we have more work to do than ever we're busier than ever <laughs> exactly we are busier than ever right you know so. but i wouldn't i wouldn't trade places with anyone else in any other ecosystem jim no. this is the best time to be a google partner the best time to be in a market helping our customers and it's been such a pleasure the last couple of years and i'm looking forward to many many years together in the trenches, helping customers transform, solve their problems, uh, and then changing, I think, the face of the ecosystem along the way. Yeah, I agree, right? I mean, uh, I think with challenge comes opportunity, and I would say right now, uh, there's nothing but opportunity out there based on all the challenges we have. Right? So I look forward to, to working with, you know, SADA, you know, partners like SADA, people like you, Tony, to actually, like I said, make a difference with our customers at a time where 
they're looking for us to help make a difference with what they have to do. That's right. Well, I wish you an excellent uh, second half of 2020 and beyond, Jim. Looking forward to uh, running into each other at the next customer engagement. And uh, I really thank you for being a guest on Cloud and Clear. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It was a great conversation. And, uh, you know, I guess we might not have Formula One you know, this year, but next year, <laughs> next often, year. Let's, let's be ready for it. <laughs> Big event. I'm, I'm ready for it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.